Welcome to the Rhythms Podcast. My name's Hannah. And my name's Chris. This is a podcast about exploring the rhythms, patterns, and habits that bring joy and add richness to our everyday lives. From daily habits to embracing the changing seasons, it's not about mindless routines, but patterns with purpose. It's about making something special out of something ordinary. If you're someone who wants to move beyond just being more efficient or productive and instead find ways to infuse your days with small, familiar moments that matter, then you've found two new friends with the same goal. Every episode, listen in as we share a reflection on the role of rhythms in our lives. Join our conversation as we unpack this idea further and then spend a moment with us considering how that rhythm could shape or add richness to our lives today. This is episode 8, Input, Output. I was scrolling my Facebook feed recently and a random post stopped me in my tracks. It was not from someone I follow or know, it was just suggested content that might be well suited to me and my interests. Well, good job Facebook algorithm, this time you got it right. Corey Robertson is a public figure I'm not familiar with, but if you're a fan of the show Duck Dynasty, she will be known to you. Robertson had posted some thoughts on entertainment and its power to shape, change and affect our thoughts, our minds and our behaviour. She said this, I read a book called Born to Run and then ran a half marathon. I then read books by Daniel and Tana Amen and watched The Magic Pill and cut out sugar and white flour entirely for a while. It has snuck back in but not as much as before. When I went through a challenging time in life, I flooded my car with worship music only and I became more aware of God's presence around me. A few years ago, we watched the Game Changers doc and went vegetarian for about six months. And right now, I'm listening to Younger Next Year on Audible and have begun my journey to six days a week exercise. End quote. I don't know about you, but as I considered how Robertson had been influenced to form new habits by the media she consumed, my own experiences of this came to mind. For instance, I'm currently following online a lot of foodies and cooking and baking content creators. And so, I'm trying more new recipes and cooking techniques. I find myself wanting to bake and prepare meals, and I feel excited about it. And of course, the content has done its job and I feel an overwhelming need to purchase new cookbooks using that influencer's affiliate link, of course. I love to read, and what I'm reading impacts what I'm thinking about and what I'm talking with others about. For example, a guilty pleasure of mine is a rom-com type novel. When I'm reading about a family in a small town somewhere, or a summer holiday in a forgotten beach time, I find myself romanticising my own life more. My drive to work, the scenic way, helps me embrace the feeling of living in a little country village. A coffee while sitting in a local cafe puts me in a holiday mindset and I feel like I'm on vacation for those 15 minutes. I also enjoy reading theological and spirituality focused literature and when I do, I find myself in a rhythm of attentiveness to my own spirituality, my own evolving theology and even to the presence of God. Also, a couple years ago, I spent a solid five or six months obsessed with the TV show SWAT. If you haven't seen it, check it out on Netflix. It's about a special tactical unit of the LAPD who are the last stop in law enforcement. As with most dramas, it's the characters who keep you watching episode after episode. 
And somehow, sitting on my couch and watching SWAT, investing in the characters and the storylines, inspired me to want to lead a more active life, to make changes to my physical fitness. And so my goal of walking 10,000 steps and then later 10 kilometers a day was born. And this led to reading books, watching documentaries, and following online influencers who prioritize adventure. These inputs too have helped focus my interests in spending time outdoors, moving my body, and having adventures regularly. And it's easy to tell at any moment whether I'm following more DIYers or more shopping haulers on Instagram. Either parcels keep arriving at the front door, or my family are watching with equal parts curiosity and terror as I walk through the house with a tape measure at the ready. Like Corey Robertson, what I'm consuming in my life directly affects my thoughts, and then my actions, and the consequences. And it's not just media and entertainment, it's other influences like our environment and relationships too. Like how when I store my pretty little bottle of plant food in a place where I see it daily, it's easier to be in the rhythm of watering my indoor plants regularly. Like how the way I drive to work affects the headspace in which I arrive to and begin my work. Like how when I spend time with friends and family, I laugh more and I have new experiences more often. And I remember the kind of special joy that can only be found in moments with others. As an early childhood teacher, my research and teaching experience with young children and making proved the same thing. Penny Brownlee in her book, Magic Places, The Adult's Guide to Young Children's Creative Artwork, argues that whatever makes an impression seeks expression. Meaning, whatever is leaving an impression in children's minds will be evident in their artistry and making. And I've seen this countless times recently, as my four-year-old niece's home is slowly being wallpapered with her illustrations of Bluey and Bingo from her favourite TV show. As humans, we can't help but somehow express that which has made an impression on us. Or, to put it more simply and less eloquently, what goes in must come out. But Robertson, in her opinion piece, goes on. Entertainment is shaping our culture. And it is shaping us. It's not neutral. It's changing us positively or negatively. So she suggests, if you don't like where you're headed or want to change something about your life, I'm suggesting you do this one simple thing. Take a look at all of the things you are reading, watching, listening to. Music, books, podcasts, TV, social media, movies. Make a change. Just input different things than you normally do and see what happens. And it seems so obvious what she's saying, doesn't it? But it's helpful to hear it. Input has a direct effect on output. If we want our output to be different, we need to change the inputs. If we want to be intentional about where we're headed, how we're being changed, we need to be aware of what's moving and shaping us. I love this quote that I came across recently from John Dryden. We make our habits, and then our habits make us. Our habits... Our outputs are influenced and affected by the inputs in our lives. And habits? Well, they're making up our lives. They're making us. So, let's bring this all together and consider rhythms. Our rhythms are similar to routines and habits and patterns, but they have soul, meaning. A rhythm not only helps us get where we need to go, a rhythm helps us enjoy getting there. 
So maybe you want to create an evening rhythm that supports your sleep and helps you enjoy getting ready for bed. My hand's up here. But maybe you're like me and too often waste away half an hour, an hour, lying in bed on your phone, when instead you could have been reading a book or journaling. So, change your environment. Personally, I could totally do with finding a new spot away from my bedside table to charge my phone, to just remove that temptation. And in its spot, I could put my current reading stack, and maybe a favorite candle or a reading playlist. I know that this little change will have ripples that shape my thoughts and actions in so many ways. Or perhaps you'd like a rhythm around preparing for a regular meeting at work. I too often put off prepping for a regular creative planning meeting because of less important but more urgent tasks. I could do with creating a rhythm of preparation which could include creative thinking and research time in a way that I won't want to miss it. Instead, I'll prioritize it and enjoy it. Perhaps reading a relevant book while working in a local cafe. I'd be away from those other tasks that cry out for my attention and hopefully in an environment and with material that will inspire creative ideas. Change my inputs, create a rhythm, and all going to plan, I get a different output. And these don't have to be huge changes. Little tweaks or simple swaps will change the outcome just like the type of sugar in a cookie recipe can produce crispy or chewy cookies. Books on your nightstand instead of your phone. A change of scenery for a different type of work. The inputs and influences in our lives, media, environment, relationships, they will shape and change our actions and the rhythms that we create to carry us through our days and our lives. And the rhythms that we create are inputs and influences themselves. They impact what we do, where we go, and how we feel as we get there. So what I've realized through all this is that I am already me, Hannah, and yet I am also continually becoming Hannah. I am being made. You are being made every day. So. What's making you? Welcome back to the Trashing Social Media Podcast. My name's Chris. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm really not meaning to be that person. <laughs> I just noticed it's been, been a theme that's cropping up lately. Yes, I feel like maybe like the rest of the world, we're just like becoming more conscious. And so... We're talking about it. But it's okay. Yeah. Just because you're talking about it doesn't mean you're against it. Exactly. And I think what's become quite evident, even to myself, is that there's a lot of really positive influences for me as I'm scrolling. As I'm scrolling every night when I should be sleeping, I'm being influenced in some positive ways as well. Do you think that f the word influence or influencer has like changed meaning now? Like when you think of an influencer, you don't think of someone like Nikola Tesla or like a in great inventor or something. You think of like the Kardashians or... Yes, I do feel like I kind of roll my eyes a little bit or think, oh, what are we talking about? Because it's being used for a very specific... And it's not even, again, I'm not trying to trash influencers. Like I follow them. They enrich my life in lots of ways, like good on them. But I, I agree. Yeah, we. I definitely think about 
online content creators now when I think of influence? Yeah, influence is like a powerful concept, isn't it? And maybe one we could talk about, but influencers, I don't know, there's that, there's that connotation of there's not a lot of depth to it, but we're influenced by lots of things every day. For sure. The ones that we've talked about here also include our environment, very much influences us and the people in our lives and yeah an event that I'm working on at the moment actually is around Father's Day and it's about celebrating men of influence and it's nothing to do with the social sort of connotation social media connotations of it at all it's about the men who are just are in our everyday lives but it's everywhere a influence yeah which is I guess what you were talking about is that we we absorb things around us and what I liked is that you talked about all of the different ways in which that happens. Yeah. And, and we sort of are quite simple beings in that way. Eh? We, we mimic a lot of what's around us uh, with this idea of t- ingesting and taking in. Yeah. This idea that I've heard recently is that we have triggers, which are like influences that leads to thoughts, which lead to actions or behavior, which leads to consequences. And so we can sort of like control or have some power over how that goes when we have some control in the inputs or in the influences. Yeah, I hear that. So tell me then about this post, because obviously it has influenced you to write this reflection. Yes, I have to admit, I did do like a little Google on the author of the post because I really didn't know anything about her at all. So I wanted to make sure I wasn't um, sharing some, you know, a person who I didn't know anything about. So can I ask a question? Because I didn't Google this person. So I would love to know what the connection is between Corey Robertson and Duck Dynasty. I believe that she is the wife of like one of the men in that show. And so she must be part of the television show as well. But I don't even know much about the show Duck Dynasty. I know I've heard of it and I've heard of another female a like prominent female who has been featured on that show <laughs> as a voice actor because I thought I thought it was an animated show oh no it's about a family I believe uh oh, somewhere what, in... show am I, what show am I thinking of Jamie pull that up <laughs> <laughs> it's not a show that I've seen at all actually oh I see it's got real humans in it okay. with beards I believe that's yeah. the picture that comes okay. to my mind I'm it's thinking like... of uh Darkwing Duck <laughs> with Daffy Duck. <laughs> okay, I thought maybe she's a voice actor or something. I thought you might have been thinking of, uh, what is it, like Donald Duck's Duck Tales. Duck Tales. Duck Tales. Yeah. That was no, so okay. good. And what's the one? And they're like, is it Donald Duck? Is it Donald Duck? And the, and the there's the nephews. And at some point there's a duck swimming through mountains of gold coins. I remember Oh, Scrooge that. McDuck. Oh, is that Scrooge McDuck? That's they... Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. I think that's Duck Tales. Yeah, and so there are the, a lot of duck-themed shows. There are, and just actually today, speaking of being influenced, just before we started recording, someone who I follow online has the most gorgeous two-year-old daughter who loves to play imaginary, and she was playing a game and had no idea that a duck was a bird, and she was learning in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Lots to know about so, ducks. So anyway, Corey has this quote uh, that you yes. that really yes. spoke to you. Tell yeah, me about so, it. Uh, it. you know, it was just like one of those posts that just gets suggested for you. And I don't know why I stopped to read it, but I did. And as I read it, I thought, okay, yes, this resonates so much with me. This is totally, I can totally see that this is 
been happening in my own life that as I'm engaged with certain pieces of media or entertainment, I am changing as a person. And then because I have my rhythms hat on all the time, I thought, okay, aha, we can harness this idea and use it to support the rhythms of life that we want to be carrying us. When we're conscious that what we input into our life affects what we do, then we can intentionally craft it so that what we're doing is supported by the things we've intentionally put in. I've said that yeah. in a really roundabout way. No, no, I hear it. I, I love the example she's given. So I, I read a book called Born to Run and then I ran a half a marathon. Mm-hmm. I read books about sugar and white flour and they cut them out, you know, about listening to music and being like having a spiritual experience from that. I, yeah. Like it's so simple. The things that she put into her body or the, the ideas that she put into her mind turned into actions. Yeah. And it's very much, she's really talking about her well-being and her wellness, isn't she? Is It's about her physical health and her spiritual and emotional health has been affected by what she's been consuming, not just food. I guess then that would help you pinpoint bits of media or practices or rhythms that you've been doing that have had a like a real tangible output. Yeah, for sure. So like one of the examples that I gave from my own life is that I follow a lot of foodies and like cooking, baking content creators at the moment online. And I really enjoy that it's leading me to like cooking new things, trying new things. So that's been something that's been really wonderful. At the same time, as I've been thinking about some other rhythms that I'd like to reprioritize in my life, I'm realizing actually maybe I could follow a few less like sandwich artists on Instagram and maybe follow a few more people who are going out and walking and exploring nature. Or maybe I need to find someone who are doing like the walks in the area where I live. So I'm seeing those and that I would be influenced to go out and experience some of those because I probably want to bring a little bit more of that into my life and maybe a little bit less thinking about food. It's not a bad thing, but I just want to like change the weight that they have at the moment and do you know what that's so cool about social media especially something like instagram is you can curate it's almost like a museum of your interests yeah and so you can actually have a really tangible hand in curating what you see and i sort of had that realization that actually i don't have to follow just public figures or celebrities but fun stuff as well. Like I really enjoy space. And so I follow NASA and SpaceX. Mm -hmm. And there's this really tangible way of curating some of the imagery that's going into your brain. I find that really, really helpful. And communities like Reddit uh, are great for that as well, where you can actually, if you're interested in something or a a type of information, you can actually really craft that. Mm -hmm. There's something quite appealing about that. Yeah, agreed. And and like, again, to go back to sort of how we started is actually often as being in the online space does promote offline activities. So another example for me is, you know, I really enjoy reading, but actually where I'm getting a lot of my recommendations from are on Instagram. Um, and so as I'm coming across books, so at the moment in the Northern Hemisphere, they've been in the month of summer recently. So I'm grabbing all of the summary book suggestions, popping them in a note on my phone and going like, okay, I need to start like getting those books sorted because in my summer, here we go. I've got the types of books that I want to read during the summertime ready to go. So this online activity is actually going to promote really, really good offline activity as well. 
Vanessa does that as well. She uses Instagram to get book recommendations from people. Slightly unrelated note as well. There are amazing people on Instagram who are like recovering and binding books. Like there's someone who I follow. I'll I'll find it and put it in the show notes who like is recovering all of their books to look like Penguin Classics. And oh, it's cool. so amazing to watch. Okay, so the one that I was really interested in was this idea of following DIYers versus shopper, what do you call it? Shopping haulers, something like that. Yeah, you know, like people like to show you their haul, like quite That's a whole genre of of video, isn't it? It is. Um, And yeah, fascinating um, and really interesting to watch. Um, But yeah, for me, this is like a little tension that I have. So I follow people um, who are both. Um, but what I am finding is that when I follow more people who are sharing like links to things that they've purchased, when I combine that with the ads that I'm also seeing, I'm doing a lot of online shopping. And that is probably something that I want to like pull back on a little bit more. So even though there's some really interesting, skilled content creators who are share in the halls I'm doing a little bit of unfollowing at the moment at the same time I'm starting to follow and the more you follow the more you have presented to you um these amazing women DIYers who are doing up their homes and like bringing historical type character to their like builder grade homes and that has been so inspiring to me because I would love to learn more carpentry skills um, and construction skills and so following more of those sorts of content creators is helpful to me because it's inspiring creativity and activity beyond just clicking a buy now button. That's really helpful for me to think about and sort of what my rhythms of life are and thinking about like, how do I spend my weekends or my free time? Well, I, what I would like to do is spend more time learning these skills, practicing them. And I want to have some more disposable income to be purchasing the supplies that I'll need. So that's going to mean I spend a little bit less on shopping halls so I can buy a little bit more timber. Um, so yeah, just like being conscious of that, um, what I'm consuming and how that's affecting my habits and my rhythms of life is so, so helpful. Yeah, two things from that. The first is that you have actually identified like a a trajectory and we talked about setting your trajectory in um, the dollars and cents episode Mm. where you've set a goal and you've now identified the rhythms that it would take for you to establish, i.e. rejigging your online content Mm -hmm. to, to, to show you and to feed you the things that you're hopefully going to absorb and then output. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is that what I think is cool about being exposed to so many creators is that it's quite aspirational. And I know that social media can feel like a comparison game sometimes where we compare and we show the deficiency between where we are and where we perceive that we want to be. But also I think the neat flip side of that is it gives us something good to aspire to. Because I'm going to go out on a limb and say some of these DIYers, the stuff that they're doing isn't beyond the reach of mere mortals. Yeah, oh, totally. You know, it's yeah. not super hard stuff. So it's like a really like realistic, aspirational goal. For and sure. And I think it makes you better. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. You're just like 
exposed, this is what we're talking about, to more influences. There's more options actually available to me in my thinking because I'm learning and seeing and being exposed to more. Because I don't know, unfortunately, unless there's someone in my life, reach out to me, who could teach me about some carpentry skills. That would be fantastic. But at the moment, I'm just reaching out and following these amazing women online. Yeah, I kind of went through a similar phase where I had like fleeting, I don't know what you call it, fancies of learning how to work, you know, do woodwork and carpentry and joinery. Mm. And I don't know what's preventing me from it. Maybe, I don't know, we give ourselves all sorts of, all sorts of excuses, but I really, even just getting enjoyment out of watching someone make something mm-hmm. is is good. Yeah. You know, and I feel like even if I can't yet work the tools and the wood and have the knowledge to practically do it, I'm still absorbing what these people are doing. Mm-hmm. And maybe one day, you know, when our renos are done, I'll have a space and time and tools or whatever headspace to do that. For sure. Like, so maybe, you know, this is kind of getting to the second part of not just about like media and what we're consuming, but our environment. So maybe at the moment you've got some of the inspiration input um, and maybe even some of the like teaching the skill input with the right type of uh, thing you're following or learning from, but maybe the environment's not quite right. And at the moment being able to change your environment, maybe it's a little bit out of your control, but when that is within your control, there's another input that you can change to support that. Yeah. And I guess, and this is kind of a tangent, tangential question, but we've been framing inputs as good things. But do you think they're like negative inputs that can prevent us? It's kind of like that flip side, right? If we're sort of framing it around social media. Yeah, well, so Robertson kind of said this, and she was talking about entertainment specifically, but she said entertainment is shaping our culture and it's shaping us. And in her opinion, it's not neutral, it's changing us positively or negatively. Mm. And I think, yeah, I could probably agree with that. I don't know that I think the um, piece itself is necessarily negative or positive, but it's how it influences a specific person can be Mm. positive or negative. I think that there's exceptions to that. I think that there are things that are inherently positive or negative. But yeah, um, Media is a good one, an easy one to point into because media literally means in the middle and and so there's always like an arbitration between what you see and what is on the other side of, of that wall. So like news is a great example. Someone has to write the news. Someone reports the news. And depending on what that person says, how they say it, how they frame it, that really depends on how you receive it mm. as well. And so there's always an arbitration between you and the, the input as well. Nothing is purely one-to-one. Exactly. So the piece of media or the influence, it could even be a vi- an environment, isn't necessarily positive or negative, but the effect that it has could be a positive effect, a negative effect. And I'm thinking like even an environment, the same environment that you and I are in could be positively impacting me and negatively impacting you for different yeah. reasons. Yeah, yeah, because again, we can receive an input Let's say again, we're using media a lot, and but I think it's an easy example, eh? But like mm. environments, well, even relationships, too. like we know some of the same people, and <laughs> we're not pointing anyone out, but we could have you could have had positive experiences with someone, and I could have had what for me felt like negative experiences. And the person is not a positive or a negative person, but our interactions for us will perceive them in a particular way, and they'll be different person to person. 
Plus our history, our context, our prior relationships, the prior conversations, it all colors it. Totally. Yeah. Tracking along with this input output, this could feel a bit abstract. So let's come back to one of those examples I shared, the idea of watching television. So I talked about the show that I'm obsessed with, SWAT. Chris, have you seen it? No, but it sounds like cops. It's cops with big guns, which it's weird that I love that. (laughs) It's not on brand for you. I know, it's really not. Okay, so this input here, watching television, this specific show, it might sound like an odd thing to have been a really positive thing for me, but the output that we see, I think, reveals whether the input has been a helpful one or a hindering one. So for me, sitting on a couch and being a couch potato watching these five or six seasons of this show... That sounds like it could have some negative health impacts. But actually, it's been really positive for me because as I've been watching these most fit people um, being active and being out in the world on these, you know, adventures, actually just fighting crime or whatever, I have been inspired to be more physically fit and wanting to be out and be active. And so the output for me has been more walking, which has led to being more fit, being more adventurous, and being more well. So I think my point here is is we don't necessarily know whether the input is going to be a helpful one or an unhelpful one until we see what the output is. I'm not saying that that's the case, though, because I don't want to get myself in like some weird hot water here. I'm not saying that's the case with every input. I think that there's some things that we just know are going to be unhelpful, but we can be surprised. And I think we need to not be too quick to decide whether something is good or bad. Yeah, it's just triggering this memory or not memory, but like as a musician growing up, wanting to always improve and get better. This is so weird that I remembered this, but there was this piece of music. uh, I used to play in a brass band and there's this piece of music, Shine Down it was called, and it had this this pattern on the the drums that was really fast. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting and listening to the drummers play it because I wasn't playing the drums in the band and thinking, man, like, how, how do you get that fast? Yeah. You know? And it was, I think, at that moment and in, in that time and period of my life, I was hungry for those inputs. Mm-hmm. For, like, I want to be like these drummers that can play this piece of music really fast. I guess, however you did it in 2008 or nine or however old I was in. But, you know, you absorb things. You get, like, drummer DVDs. You'd, like, absorb and ingest all everything it would take to get you to that point. And, like, I'm pretty sure I could I could slay that piece now. Yeah, and wow. And so it's like, it's like a, it's an input turning into an output. And it's formed by what's in the middle of it. And so it's kind of like your show. Like, it might feel like this waste of time rhythm. And, again, we've talked about rhythms not necessarily being a waste of time or energy or resource um, if it's adding richness to your life. And so it'd be easy to say, oh, I slobbed out and listened to, uh, watched five episode, uh, five seasons of this show, or I, you know, I wasted time trawling YouTube watching drummers. But actually, if the output is really rich and meaningful, then I would say you've created a really great rhythm there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's also, I think, quite intimately tied with the learning rhythms mm. as well. So like this hunger for like learning something new and in my case, learning this piece of music, it was something I had to cultivate as well, which is something, an interesting concept around rhythms is cultivating them and making them. 
Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about rhythms because I wanted to make sure that I kind of like brought us quite clearly back to that. Um, that's sort of why this post from Corey Robertson stood out because it became so clear to me that if there's a particular rhythm that we want to embed into our life, that can be hard sometimes. Like for me, I sort of raised one that's actually a real life issue for me at the moment is I want to enjoy getting ready for bed. I'm a weirdo who does not close my window. Like I haven't closed my window in my bedroom yet this year. We're currently like in the middle of winter. It's freezing. The The downside to that is I don't really enjoy getting ready for bed because it's so freezing cold. So I realized, okay, I need to create a rhythm that I really, really enjoy so I don't put off going to bed by just sitting in the, in the warm toasty lounge. And then it gets too late and then I'm grumpy that I've gone to bed so much later than I planned. So I've realized I need to change the inputs so that I will commit to this rhythm that I will enjoy and love every single night. So for Mm -hmm. me, part of it is that I want to keep my pajamas in a different spot. So I'm going to keep my pajamas in the bathroom. I'm not in my freezing cold bedroom trying to do that transition. Same as sometimes when I actually get into bed, I get stuck on the phone. And that's not actually how I want to spend the last few minutes before I fall asleep. Yeah. What I'd prefer to do is read a book. Now, if you are on your phone, that's so fine, no judgment. But for me, that's what I want the rhythm to be. So again, there's another environmental change I can make here, which is I can change where my phone charges. And what you're doing with your routine, I think, is a little bit like curating your space so that you get the output that you want. Exactly. And you're sort of taking control of that rhythm and saying, Look, I was using my phone. This isn't something I want to do, but I do want to read. So I'm going to design my space physically so that the phone's in another place. And Mm -hmm. that influences directly my behavior before I go to bed. Hopefully what people maybe who are following along with us um, and starting to try out creating intentional rhythms of finding is you don't always know how to make a perfect for you rhythm straight away. You know, there's some experimentation and trying things out. And like I've kind of alluded to, I've been working on this evening rhythm for a while. What I thought might help at first hasn't really helped. So I just haven't found that soulful for me part of it yet. And that's okay because I'm actually enjoying trying to troubleshoot it a bit. You know, it's like thinking, okay, well, what else would help me? And um, I think that hopefully that's something... It's a very ordinary type thing, going back to your uh, previous reflection. It, there's nothing spectacular really about it, but there is some familiar loveliness in this playing with what makes up my life because what's making up my life and my days is making me. Yeah, that reminds me of the quote that you uh, said from uh, John Dryden. Mm. We make our habits, then our habits make us. Yeah. It's so true, eh? Once, yeah. Once we accept, it's almost backwards though, because sometimes we, I'm not saying the quote's backwards, but we do it in reverse. We recognize we have habits before we realize how we form them. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And could we just try and like rhythmize it a little bit as well as like, if we're thinking about making our rhythms and our rhythms making us, like that makes me think that we are becoming familiar, lovely people, you know, (laughs) like the feeling that we experience from our rhythms, hopefully is the feeling then that people experience from us. Hopefully. I am just reflecting on my own bedtime and wondering, like I've never actually thought 
how I've formed the routine that I have for bed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's just how I've existed (laughs) and have never, ever really thought, okay, I'm going to do this in a particular order. And you know what? I think not everyone's wired the same. So I think some people are just naturally more drawn to or inclined towards having similarity and sameness. I wonder if I'm not, and maybe that's why I've just never been listening actively mm. to it. But but that the bedtime routine, maybe what I could do to maybe look at this rhythm is be really purposeful around what bedtime looks like. Being able to answer the question, which is maybe the harder bit of like, what would help you enjoy bedtime? I mean, does that appeal to you? The idea that like something so ordinary could be something that you look forward to and enjoy every day? I think so. I think what appeals to me more is I know that I need to get more sleep. I just, I know it. I I wake up in the morning and I hate myself because Mm -hmm. I went to bed too late. It's like the first step is admitting that you have a problem. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yes. I think I have to just say like I'm not I'm not 20 anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't go to bed at 3 a.m. and wake up and be like fresh. I think admitting that I'm not the same person that I was mm-hmm. and that this routine is something that I can have control over mm-hmm. as well as um probably something I can work on. Right, like just a little bit more gentle push again into the idea of rhythm is that if you enjoyed whatever you chose, you would be more likely to stick to it. Yeah, I think so because I think we talked about that previously that we chase the things that make us happy and maybe for me, happiness is waking up feeling rested and how would I know that if I never give myself the chance to try it? Exactly. And I think that that's what I would want people to know if you're listening to this podcast is um, we're not trying to say that you should be adding all of these new rhythms into your life. Actually, what this is about is how do we just tweak and adjust the things that we're doing every day so that there's so much enjoyment um, that comes from the familiar loveliness. Mm. And I think you tied off your reflection so well. I love this. I'll read it. What I've realized is that I'm already being Hannah and yet... I am also continually becoming Hannah. I am being made. You are being made every day. And I just love that. It was We're just like, we're becoming who we are. We never really get there. I wonder if like when I'm 65 and ready to retire or like 80 probably by the time we get there, will I be me or will I still be growing into who I am becoming? Yeah, like you are Chris now and you're also still becoming Chris. Yeah. And will I ever get there? I don't think so. I think we never stop learning. We never stop growing. We'll have millions of these tiny inputs and outputs that come across our desk every day. Mm. Mm. And those make us who we are. Mm. There's something like beautiful about that, I think. Yeah. I, I like it too. So I'm thinking now, going into the week, is that I, I think I really want to start thinking about my bedtime. But I want to know, Hannah, what you're going to do um, this week for your sort of rhythm yeah, change I, up. I think as I was writing this reflection, it's clear I became really conscious about um, how who I'm following online is influencing my thinking and ideas and then actions. So I think I've started to consider what might be helpful and 
more of a hindrance. I just want to go through, like actually go through all the people that I'm following and do the, am I still going to follow them? And it, it's not a forever choice, but in this season, is this person helping me to be a DIYer who spends her money on timber, who also is out adventuring and is considering theology and spirituality and also eating some good food and enjoying her bedtime? You know, like thinking yeah. of that through, yeah. what, are the, what are my social media influences that are going to help me do that? And what are the ones that I'll just put aside for now? All choices that are making you become who you are. Getting you where you need to, where you want to go. And enjoy getting there, which is hopefully to a world of joinery and carpentry. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hey, we're closing in on our 10th episode. And so we just want to remind you that we want to hear from you. Yes. Um, because otherwise we won't have much of an episode and we'll just have to talk about nothing. And it will be very boring for It'll everyone involved. It'll be a very involved. short episode. So that's for when your commute is like going quick. No, yeah, that's right. We want to hear your questions. So it could be questions about Chris or I. Um, it could be questions about the Rhythms podcast. Maybe you want like a little behind the scenes glimpse. Or maybe it's a question about a specific episode. You've got a follow-up question, something that we've said or discussed. Or even a question about your own Rhythms. Absolutely. And I just want to say, Hannah, that I've been really enjoying doing this podcast. It's been so nice to have a new rhythm. And slightly interesting to know that at least 80 people, as of recording this episode, are following us and going on the journey with us and know us quite well. So shout out to everyone who's gone through every episode so far. It genuinely means so, so much to know that it does. there's a few of us all together doing this. Yeah, it really does. I was thinking we could call our fans Familiar Lovelies. Oh, I love that so much. Let us know. What do you think? So, Familiar Lovelies, we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Rhythms Podcast. For show notes, episode transcripts and more, remember it's R-H-Y-T-H-M-S That's itsrhythms.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. It really helps us out. We want to hear from you. If there's a rhythm in your life you want us to talk about, or a question you'd like to ask us about this episode or any others, get in touch. You can email us at therhythmspodcast at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram at itsrhythmspodcast. Or if you're listening on Spotify, make sure to use the Q&A feature. See you next time on the Rhythms Podcast.